What if you were born with a disease that you always knew would kill you? And then what if all of a sudden you were given a second chance? Well, that's exactly what happened to me. And it's the question that we explore on the new podcast series, Breathless from Snack Labs. Join me, Jeremy Saunders, for a series that explores what it means to live and die, to love and to lose, and what it's like to have your whole life turned upside down and the unexpected challenges that come with a life-saving drug. You can listen to Breathless now, wherever you get your podcasts. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, baby. Hello, my love. <sighs> I was already feeling very vocally warm, and then when I turned on the... Um, I just got my whole office set up here, and when I turned on... Before we jumped on this call, I turned on Zoom to check my camera. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, this is great. I look fabulous. Yeah, I you do look great. I have a camera. I have a camera mm-hmm. that's external that I bought, like... eons ago for uh, camming, which Mm -hmm. I didn't do. And it finally serves a purpose in my dark office. But um, I don't look as good as I do on the Zoom call version of this. So I don't understand what's going on. Well, it's uh, different programs, you know. Uh, We don't really don't have to get into it. That's not the podcast. Uh, But uh, if you want (laughs) to see how good Bridie looks, go to patreon.com slash turn me on. Because we're recording all of our uh, foreplays slash host episodes, and that is what this is. So, um, uh, yeah, but uh, you look, I mean, you look great from where I'm standing. Everything's frozen for me right now. frozen, and yeah. you're gone. Uh, I am by myself in this moment. So we're going to see if, <laughs> if Friday, oh, there she is. Let's get her back in here. There she is, and uh, joined here by Bridie, Bridie McLean, <laughs> uh, all the way from Halifax, Nova Scotia. How are you today, Bridie? I'm good. Why is that free? What's happening here? I have no fucking clue. Um, I hate that. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, but you do look great. And um, and I feel like I look like a, a pile of garbage. But that's only because showers are really important to me. I mm-hmm. I just need to shower before I feel good. And you have not showered yet? No. And I shower once a day, every single day. Is that excessive? Yes, it is. Is it, though? All right. 
We're going to the phone lines. Well, this is Folks, new for is me. Is this excessive? This is new for me, even. Um, I'm not. I'm definitely not an everyday showerer. Although I do sometimes, I want to take a shower and I don't because I I feel like it'll dry my skin out. Right. Like in the winter time, it gets really really dry. Mm. Um, and and what I've been trying lately, um, which is funny, funny. You know when you recall, you know when you, something triggers a memory, you're like it, it just sends you down a rabbit hole. Anyhow. Uh, what I've been doing lately is using a face cloth to give myself a bath in all the right places. Oh, I, dude, what? When I don't take a shower, yeah. Come I on. A, I, have a, I have a thing for face cloths, so I have a lot of them. I don't like <gasps> them washed with anything else. They're only for my face. Is first use is for my face uh, every day, nice little steam. Mm. And then if I'm not showering... Then under armpits and crotch. There's a name for that, uh, but I forget what it is. Sponge bath? No, it's like it's like the fucking like gas station bath or something like that. Okay. Uh, well, never use a fucking face cloth that's hanging in my bathroom if it's not yours. Um, and then the other thing is that I just rem- remembered I have this vis- um, memory like around the the period of time when naked bodies of like myself or people in my family became like weird for me. Like that part in the Mm. toddlership where you're like, I don't want to be naked in front of other people for Mm -hmm. some reason. Um, and it was right around that time that I, my, I grew up next door to my grandparents and I would just like run into their house whenever I wanted. There was no knocking on that door. Mm. And I ran in to get my grandfather who was in the bathroom at the top of the stairs and that bathroom door never closed mm. and uh and he was standing at the sink giving him like a giving himself like a face cloth armpit bath um with no clothes on and no, I like fully being stark like, naked fully stark naked and i just remember <clears throat> standing there and like <clears throat> him looking at me and me looking at him and right. there being like this feeling of like this isn't weird but there's something off off about this off putting. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, it's stuck with burned in my memory. Yeah, yeah. I would say that's pretty seared in. Um <clears throat> yeah, I, I don't know. I, I like the I like the process of you know, to me a shower is it's ritualistic to me. You know, it's like um I have I have I it's like when I make my coffee in the morning. Like I, I there's a very specific way I like to do it. I do it just right. I do it every single day. And when I shower, it's the exact same way. You know, I have to have my phone in the shower with me, right? I have to have it set up perfectly on uh, on the on the second to third row of where the uh, the corner shelving unit is that houses all of our um, shampoos and conditioners and body washes. <clears throat> and then I turn the shower on, scalding hot, scalding, scalding hot. I steam the place like crazy and then I turn the self-facing camera on and I just stand in the shower <laughs> with my arms over my head and I get as t- I, I try to take up as little space as I can. I get very thin. Don't touch the wall, don't but, touch the curtain. But I spread my I spread my legs out enough so that my my dingle dangles in between my legs and then I try to roll I try to relax as much as I can and soften as much as I can while looking at myself in the self-facing camera that is pretty steamy at this point, trying simultaneously <clears throat> to um, relax so that my balls get as long and droopy as they can and also try not to get so wildly turned on by the sight of myself through the self-facing camera. I do that for about 35 minutes. <clears throat> and then when all of the hot water in the house is gone... Um, I turn the shower off, take my phone out of the, the bathtub, dry it off in a bag of rice. And then, uh, and then I just take a face cloth and just use the sink to actually wash my armpits, my balls and my butthole. <laughs> so I love showers. And your skin flakes off <laughs> like paper. <laughs> I prefer sloths off, but yes. Uh, no, but I, but I do, but I do like, I do, you know, I go in there and I take my phone in and I... I always will have a podcast playing while I'm in the shower. It's one of my podcasting 
places where I listen mm-hmm. to my shows. And um, yeah, and I just love, I just love being in the shower. I do my sinus rinse in there. I, you know. Mm-hmm. A ritual is a very important right. thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I need more. I need more of them. That's so interesting that you say that because I've been feeling the same way and also feeling like I have a history of this, of being like, I'm going to have a ritual for everything. And then, and then trying to nail them down actually like takes up all day, all day long. That's like me in this fucking journal, me trying to journal, you know? Yeah. Actually, speaking of, we had a nice letter come in um, uh, regarding journaling. Do you have that? Mm -hmm. Do you have that queued up? Yeah, we had a couple of uh, people write in about your your journaling adventures. We did, and you know, um, we also had a number of people that wrote in to express how much they loved the the uh, the conversation we had about the science of falling in love. And I just want to yeah. say thank you to everyone who wrote in. Uh, that was a really fun conversation, and I feel like I learned a lot from it. And it's kind of been changing my it's. And I mean, not changing, but it's it's definitely like it's definitely informed the way that I'm now looking at like, you know, for example, this new relationship that I'm in. Um, right. Very, very interesting stuff. But can you, can yeah. you read that? Uh, can you read that piece that someone wrote in about, about my journaling? Um, okay. Well, hopefully it's this one. Cause we did get a couple. Yeah, um, well, this see. one is from, I won't, uh, uh, this is from uh, our past uh, um, guest, Kate. Hey, Jeremy and Bridie. I was listening to one of your podcasts a while back and it made me think of a few things I wanted to share with you both. And I'm finally getting around to sending the email. First, on the journaling front, you spoke of the notion of what do I write about, Jeremy? Mm. I think it often depends on what purpose you want the journal to serve. Is it to be something that you come back to so that you can do critical or reflective thinking after the fact? Is it instructional, such as a strategy a therapist is asking you to employ to help you identify patterns or content for a subsequent session? If there's no real purpose other than to add it to your life as something that may potentially be of benefit, then write when the mood strikes and it matters not what you Mm. write about. The solitary activity of putting pen to paper can be very helpful in a lot of ways. When I'm having really strong feelings about something and I can't immediately understand, process, or put the feelings into context, I journal. I don't feel the need to journal every day, and I typically use it for reflective thinking slash problem-solving purposes to each their own. Second, the book. You both may already have this book, have heard about this book, but I recently purchased it on the advice of someone I know who is a yoga teacher and general all-around lovely human. The book's been around for a while and may make a good addition to your collection if you don't have it. Cheers, Kate. Wherever you go, there you are. Mindfulness Meditation in Everyday Life. And that's the title of the book. John Kabat-Zinn. Yeah. Yeah. Is that the the email you meant? Yeah. um, I don't know. Now I'm realizing that there were actually quite a few that came in. Uh, But that was nice. That was nice. It makes me think about how, you know, like, you're right, tweets their own. I think I was getting caught up in this idea that, like, I need to journal every day. Um, But that's not the, like, you know, that's not the case. I need to, I think what I need is to journal when it feels right, when it feels, when it feels normal, when it feels good. And this idea and of like of, of putting pen to paper, especially to like try to formulate the thoughts that you can't quite articulate in your own head or maybe with your own words. I think that's really, uh, really good. That's yeah. a really good way of putting it. Because mm-hmm. think of how often you've, you've, you've fucked something up in, <clears throat> when you're trying to communicate it because... Always. You've never strung the words together. Always. And maybe you don't have the right ones. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, it's the story of my fucking life. Hey, you know, I was thinking about this um, uh, this morning, actually. Um, where's the, where's the fucking wildest place you've ever jerked off? Uh, probably like on an airplane or a bus or something. On an airplane, like in your seat on an airplane. Mm -hmm. Wow. Whoa. Really? I like since we've been together. Yeah. Like not like put my hands in my pants and like rub one out. That's what I mean though. No, no, no. I mean like, I mean like, no, I mean, go to Go to, like, go into Flavortown. Like, go into, you don't know? I don't know what that means. That's it. Yeah, I don't know what that means. And I masturbate uh, in public places. It's usually just like a moving of my pelvic floor. You don't know what Flavortown is? You've never been to Flavortown? No. You know, it's where it's like, it's where the... it's it's where the vulgar. Yeah, no, no, come on now. 
It's where the um, it's where it tastes. That's where the it's where it just you know, it tastes so good. <clears throat> where you can taste your masturbation. I, th- I actually I think Flavor Town is actually that it's the town that uh, Guy Fieri is mayor of. But but I like to think of Flavor Town. <laughs> I don't know who that is, but I think you might be bald. Guy for, Guy Fieri is bald. Oh my god! I can't <laughs> wait for you to see Guy Fieri's hair. Um, <laughs> How do you Guy spell Fieri that? is anything but bald. Uh, How do you spell gonna, Guy? Oh, Fieri. <laughs> Fieri. Wait, Guy the American restauranteer? This is Guy Fieri here. Uh, if you're looking at the screen there, Brad. Yes, he's an American restauranteur. And he is the mayor. He is the self-proclaimed mayor of Flavortown. Oh, anyway, I anyway, I digress. <laughs> <clears throat> um, uh, what was I saying there? Uh, yeah, I meant like... like Why? Like, like, Why do you want to know? Well, what do you want? What story do you want to tell me that you asked that question? I, hey, whoa! What the fuck? Look, man, I'm trying to provide content for the listeners, right? <laughs> and I was thinking about. I was you took a about, hard turn at, at journaling. I did. Yeah, <laughs> I was, I'm fucking tired of it. Um, I, I, it was. I was thinking about this time that I jerked off in the bathroom of a cafe, um, secretly. I was even. I was with you. We, you and I were. You and I were at a cafe, and uh, and I went in, and I think I made it like I made. I tried to. I tried to make it seem like I had to take a shit, and instead I went in and I and I I I wanked one off real quick. Secretly. Secretly to. I mean, secretly to everyone in the cafe. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's good. Uh, but yeah, mo- more so trying to hide it from you, because uh, I didn't want you to know that I was jerking. We off. were together. We're, yeah. Yeah. We're, yeah. Where were we? Uh, we were in Austin, <laughs> Texas. We were in Austin, and uh, we were doing some work in a cafe. And it was the same cafe. Actually, this is kind of cool. It was the same cafe where the lady, where I tapped my credit card. Because like in the U.S., the it's, pro- it's probably normal now. But like in the U.S., a couple of years back, um, tap wasn't like really a thing. And in Canada, it had, has been on tap for like, fuck, well, I don't know, like 100 years now. And so I, was t- I went to go tap my credit card. And for those of you, I don't know, if we have listeners that have no idea what the fuck I'm talking about, our, our, our debit cards and our credit cards have this ability to just hover over a, a, a POS machine. And the hovering over is enough to confirm the purchase. It's kind of like your Apple Pay on your phone where you just click the button and you do it. <clears throat> um, and so I tried to do that at this cafe in Austin. And this lady was like, um, nope. Uh, no. Oh, no, no. She goes, she goes, um, I go, oh, because I saw the symbol. I go, oh, do you guys have tap here? And she goes, yeah, we do. And I go, well, that's so rare because I've tried to tap everywhere I've been down here and no one really hasn't. She goes, yeah, it's it's slowly catching on. She goes, um, although I never really see people that have a card that does it. And I'm like, yeah, well, I guess that makes sense. She, goes, But then she goes, um, but you know what's crazy? There's an Adidas place around the corner here and there's a guy that works in the bio like the bio engineering tech lab at, at Adidas. It's actually pronounced Adidas, but whatever. Um, and he comes in and he taps his wrist. And I go, what the fuck are you talking about? And she goes, he's in, inserted a chip into his wrist. And that's all he has to do now to pay. So he's got this chip that exists in his wrist. And it's kind of like some black mirror shit where he just goes, boop, and just scans his wrist. And I was like, that is amazing. Where's your bathroom? And then I immediately went and jerked off in their bathroom. About, uh, the, about the wrist implant? No, it was just, uh, that's just a, a coincidence, but. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, thanks for finally telling me. Now I can go back in time and relive <clears throat> my life since then with this new information. That I, think that's, I think that's going to be my new segment on the show. Secretly masturbated. That's my new segment what? on the show. Tell, tell stuff that you, that you never told Bridie before. Because you were ashamed. Oh, yeah. Okay. (laughs) Sounds great. You can journal about it. You can journal prep (laughs) for it every week. Yeah. Um, Anyway. You mentioned, you mentioned uh, before we jumped on this recording that there was uh, someone who also wrote into us who wanted me to, who said that they heard this in my voice. Yeah. So um, it's actually, yeah, it's not a brain boner. No, it's just a sweet um, comment. But it's, yeah, and um, the segue, how it attaches to what you just told me, is, uh, is that this person's in the U.S. So, yeah. And hey, this person, uh, <laughs> this person who's going to have this read to you on the show, 
Uh, you're about to have this read in Bridie's voice, which you actually like basically asked for. If you want to see Bridie read this, you can go to patreon.com slash turn me on, become a patron. And uh, our four plays and our host episodes are now up there in video format. All right, go ahead. Brian. And um, and that's a good reminder. Just remind me that we have some specific thank yous to say before we close this episode. Amen. Uh, with regards to new patrons. Okay. Epiphany, after listening to the science of falling in love. Hello, Bridie and Jeremy. My partner says I am one of the most self-controlled people he knows. Granted, he used to be a bartender, so take that as you may. I don't drink in excess. I don't overeat anything like dessert, and when I do indulge, I'll have a couple bites. I don't smoke cigarettes or weed or do any drugs of any kind, though I've wanted to for a while now. Those things have just never been my thing. During this pandemic, I've become a runner, and now I run 30 minutes about three to four times a week. After listening to your most recent podcast, The Signs of Falling in Love, I finally came to the realization of what drug I'm addicted to. Love. Mm. My partner, mm-hmm. my partner and I have been together for 15 years. We met as kids and now have a kid of our own. But ever since I could remember, I loved falling in love. I loved the way you feel like you're having a heart attack the first time you kiss a person. And I love the anticipation of eventually being able to rip each other's clothes off and taste each other. Mm. <laughs> She didn't say she heard Jeremy sound effects. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. That's true. Oh, God. Um, I love how wet I get with the first touch and the first thrust. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, you're, sorry. You're, were you, hold on. Were you cueing me for... There you go. <laughs> I love the sideways glances and flirty smile. All All with the new relationship energy. I grew up with a lot of shame surrounding being in love with my partner and still wanting to experience other people. Ever since listening to sex positive podcasts like yours, I've accepted that I am bisexual and that monogamy has never fulfilled me because falling in love is my drug of choice. Before the pandemic, my partner allowed me to dip my toes into the dating scene via Tinder and Bumble, while the pandemic really put a pin on meeting up in person, having virtual fun with hot strangers has been insanely liberating. After listening to The Science of Falling in Love, I understand that love is my drug, and like any drug over time, your high may go away, but I realize that being non-monogamish allows me to experience my drug whenever I would like, and mm. boy, isn't that lovely. Mm-hmm. From your listener, Miriam. Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting that Miriam um, says all of that, because the, one of the things that we didn't actually get into on the show, because I was just thinking about it, in the moment and and for whatever reason I didn't bring it up but there was in some of the things that we talked about in that episode about the science of of love um and when we were especially when we were talking about it um from the context of like it re- resembling similar traits to d- drug um to like the way that we feel when we when we partake in drugs mm-hmm. it was it was making me think about earlier, like it was making me think about times in past relationships where, especially like, so I'm going to use the the example of like when Becca and I were together, when, when it's for like, you know, it, things seemed as though I'm on my side of things. Like I was, I wasn't as excited or I wasn't as like, I wasn't as 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 typically turned on or I I was a little more like checked out um like physically with her than I than I had been. And then and then like I'd be on the road or something and I would like I would you know have casual sex with a with a uh with I would have like a one night stand that that was like a really exciting and and hot experience and then and then I would come home and all of a sudden I'm like I'm I there's like this renewed sense of attraction to my partner you know like all of a sudden I'm I'm like I'm I'm more I'm 
the intensity at which I want to like get my hands on them has like shot up, you know? Mm. And, and the only thing that I could, the only thing that I could think of was like, Oh, well the only difference is this like, and it's not, let's, you know what, let's not use the example of being on the road because like that, that's, that also adds a, you know, a distance, which, which can also create that sort of desire or need with your partner. But like, even he, even home, even when I'm home, if like, you know, I went on a date with someone, slept with someone, or like if we had a, if we had a threesome with someone, <clears throat> there was all, there was, there always seemed to be this, this like renewed sense of desire for my, for my long-term partner, mm-hmm. which I find really interesting. You know, I, and, and that was something that, that was something that like I would almost be afraid to, to, to divulge to to my partner in 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 fear that it might like freak them out or like or make them feel uncomfortable that like you know make them feel as though oh the only way that you can feel like this right. renewed sense of heat or passion in our relationship is if you find it elsewhere first but that's like to hear it put in the in the in the terms of of from from like you know, from someone who's talking about it from the scientific perspective and really like relating these things to the way that our brain chemistry works. It's, it was just a little more like validating. It was like, yeah, yes. Like, I guess, yes, that is actually what's happening, but it's not, it's not about the other person. It's not about the, the interpersonal dynamics at play here. It's a, it's just about the, the chemistry of novelty. It's like the, like the act of doing this is literally a a shot to the vein of like, of compound V that's a reference to the boys. If you haven't been watching that show on Amazon, it's fucking amazing. I really like truly go check it out. But yeah, anyway, that was something that I had thought about that. I just, I never really quite voiced, but I just thought I'd bring it up there. Does that does that sit with you? Like, does that make sense to you? Have you have you been there? Have you experienced that? Um. So, no, I don't think I have. I'm I, I feel like my memory for, like, I haven't not since early days of you and I opening things up. Have I had? really more than one sexual partner um, at a time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm, I'm hoping actually we'll, we'll get into this a little bit with our guests next week. Um, someone wrote in a brain boner asking like, what's attraction? What is attraction and what mm-hmm. does it feel like? Um, how would you define it? And I think what you're saying to me makes a lot of sense. Like, scientifically Mm -hmm. like that would I that seems like it would check out but I haven't felt that but I also wonder what else I'm not feeling like right but okay then let me rephrase it have you ever felt it not through the context of 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 being sexually active with um a a non-primary partner but feeling it from a context of like some other kind of novelty that has like that has time and time again seemed to be this thing that has like spiked your passion for your, for your partner. Yeah, I, I I think so. I think anything that sort of spikes my passion for my life does that. Yeah. Right. And I can remember moments, um, where that's happened, but then I also just something occurred to me, like, I don't, you know, I'm not, I don't go out often, especially lately to Mm. like crowded spaces where there's a lot of other people that I don't know. Mm. Um, But sometimes just like connecting with like seeing being, I guess, connecting with other people, um, other people that I find attractive that Mm -hmm. are, you know, whether it's flirtation or not, it's just like carrying on conversation is like, yeah. Oh yeah, like there I am. Um mm-hmm. there's that part of me that is is ha- has like energy that flows back and forth <clears throat> with another person. 
um, of, of the, of the ilk that I am attracted to. Mm. Um, and yeah, some actually sometimes that's a woman, sometimes that's a man, but, um, yeah, those, in those moments I do feel like, Oh, like I can see my partner. I can see my sexual partner again Mm. as a sexual being. Turn me on podcast. We'll be back after this short break. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I, um, this, uh, this might be a bit off topic, but, I, but it does, it, it's again sparking this like memory that, that I, of something that I was thinking about early or last week. Um, so like I've been, I've been, I've been, I've been thinking a lot about, and again, kind of relating to this, like the, 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 the science of falling in love, you know, like that's something that I've been thinking about a lot because I've been, because I'm kind of like in that right now and wanting to try to understand it. But something else that I've been thinking about a lot too is like how, our past experiences um, inform our future selves. And especially from like a relationship slash sex based lens. And uh, something that I had kind of like put piece together myself that I never really thought about until last week was I don't know if we talked about this on the show before, but um, my, my first sexual experience, so like my my sexual debut, my losing of my virginity, mm-hmm. was was a threesome with these two girls that were a year below me in high school, and um, it was a party that I that was at my house that I had thrown. My parents were like out of town and I had this, I had this threesome with like, with, you know, speaking from like that time and, and like from that viewpoint of, of that age, these two girls that I had a threesome with were like, they were like super attractive sought sought after girls in the school. And, um, and it was like, like everybody in the school, like objectively, they were just like two of the, and they were best friends and they were like the hottest girls in the school. And I had never had like my sexual sort of repertoire at that time had been like next to none. You know, I, I think I like, I touched a boob. Um, I think I, maybe I got a, like a, like I got a half a hand job like the year prior during a summer at like one of the first times I ever got drunk or something like that. 
So like I wasn't very sexually active. <clears throat> and after after this experience, um word got around school pretty immediately that I had this threesome. Now for context, I'm in grade eleven. <clears throat> and and the school that I went to, high school, was grades ten, eleven, and twelve. <clears throat> so for you American listeners, I was a junior. I have no idea. I think it's sophomore, junior, senior. Anyway, whatever. No, junior, sophomore, senior. Who fucking cares? Anyway. So I was in grade 11 and I showed up to school the next day. And I remember that there was these, um, there was this group of kids in grade 12, the year above me that I like kind of, and in in retrospect, like so gross that I even thought this, but it makes sense at the time where like I kind of had this this group of people like on a pedestal. They were like mm-hmm. the popular kids. And I remember one of them, like the sort of ringleader of this group, came up to me, had never like talked to me before and gave me like mad um, validation and approval and like hyping me up because he had heard that I had had a threesome with these two specific people. And, you know, whatever, yada, yada, time goes on. I don't really think about that time in my life that often, aside from, like, more of a funny, like, a funny kind of jokey story of, like, I lost my my virginity in a threesome, like, yada, yada. But I never really thought about, like, the, how that event and and what transpired after that event could have shaped who I am and Mm -hmm. and how I relate to sex and something that I've been thinking about um on top of this and I think this is what kind of stemmed me that set me on this path to think about that that occurrence or that event in my life is about how and I think we've talked about this on the show too where like a lot of my confidence and a lot of my own self-validation stems from my ability to have sex with people. And so like, not my, sorry, not my ability to have sex with people, but like I've, I place a lot of self-value in my own sex. So like when I'm having sex, when I'm sexually active, it is something that is like a, an immediate sort of like confidence and self-worth booster. And when I'm, not having sex or I feel like I don't have the ability to have sex. I get really down in the dumps. And it was the first time I had ever thought like, I wonder how much of that previous experience plays a role in the way that I think about and feel about my own self-worth when it comes to my sexual output in life. I don't know what the answer is, but I just thought it was an interesting, it it was just this interesting thing that I had never really pieced together. And I wonder how many people out there have thought about that or maybe aren't thinking about like, what were your earliest sexual experiences? Um, Obviously, like if you went through a really traumatic early sexual experience, like that's probably something that's obviously going to be on your mind or in like uh, informing the way that you approach sex, you know, going forward but like even even to the like if you think that you've had like a pretty mundane normal intro into sexuality what was that experience and do you like how do you think that that has played a role in in shaping who you are today as a sexual being That's a really interesting line of thought. I mean, I feel like I I occupy so much of my waking hours wondering how I got to be the way that I am in every area of my life. And it's fucking exhausting. So I, you know, I, I take regular vacations from that kinds of kind of thinking because I think I've I've been thinking about that stuff since I was young, like really young. Now, this I, don't, I don't think about it ever. Like that's the that's the other thing is I'm I'm like I'm the type that doesn't fucking sit and analyze that stuff. Yeah, you know, like 
And so when I do, I'm like, like this fucking mind explosion where I'm going, whoa, what? Yeah. But anyway, yeah. Continue. I cut you off there. Um, I, I think, you know, I didn't, I don't think I have so many questions around and this, these are questions for our guest next week, I think around pleasure and guilt and, you know, there's like, people are like, oh yeah, you know, like a lot of religion makes us feel like shameful about mm, sex mm, and shameful mm. about pleasure. But, and I can understand that from like, that makes sense, but it doesn't quite make sense in my body. Like I don't quite, it's like, okay, I know that. So what, like, why is it still getting in my way? If that's what's really the problem and I'm not religious, <clears throat> Then like, why don't, why don't, why isn't my life more pleasurable? And I watched this really great video actually that, so, so guess again, we're having next week. She, she has um, a bunch of YouTube videos up, which is really great. And she has one called um, the difference between um, sensual, pleasurable Mm. and sexual and why it makes a difference. And uh, her name is Kendra Kunov. Uh, if anyone wants to look that up, I'll, I'll link it here in the, or I'll, I'll mention it in the show notes. But, um, and that really helped me separate this idea that like something can be sensual, meaning you experience mm. it with your senses, but not necessarily pleasurable and not necessarily sexual, but it could be sensual, not pleasurable and sexual, if that's a thing. Mm. Yeah, It could be sensual and and neither pleasurable nor sexual, or it could be sensual, pleasurable, but not sexual. And making those sorts of like distinctions as you are, um, and, and, and I'm back on my meditation cushion again these last couple of days, and, and the, the woman who guides my meditations, she talks a lot about being open to the changing sensations of life in your meditation. Mm. So just like you're just there experiencing the flow of sensations, sound, taste, you know, what you can see if you meditate with your eyes open, et cetera, what you can feel on your skin. <laughs> and as a way of like tapping into your senses to wake up to like the current mm. moment, the present mm-hmm. moment in reality. And then Kendra Kunov in, in this and, and taking that another step further, it's like what is pleasurable and sensual and sexual. And um, so that's, that's sort of one thing that came to mind about what you were saying there. Um, but the other is that I think if I were to analyze and go into analytical mode of my own past, this has occurred to me before that while not my direct sexual experience physically, Mm. I heard when I was 12 about some traumatic sexual things that had happened to somebody else. And, you know, I've never really counted it towards my who I am as a sexual being today because it didn't happen to me. But I think because of the age I was and just coming into learning about these things and just coming into my ownness as a sexual being, like boys starting to notice me and other things that I, you know, like starting to masturbate. I mean, I I think I had masturbated earlier than that, but being Mm. more aware of my body and blah, blah, blah. Um, I think hearing about this like traumatic experience of someone else's um, that was close to me, really fucking affected how I felt comfort-wise in my own relationships to men, particularly men that I'm related to, because this in mm. this instance it was it was you know someone who had experienced sexual trauma at the hands of a relative mm. and a relative of both <clears throat> of ours, and I was like. I think it 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 started to knit together this narrative in my mind that that you know like it could be really easy for someone to cross those boundaries uh, if I wasn't if I wasn't a little bit on guard all the time, mm. even though that person that that perpetrator <clears throat> is wasn't around anymore. Right. Um, Read. It was dead at the time. Um, so right. that person, not specifically a threat, but it opened up the threat that 
any male in my family might be a possibility of being a perpetrator, even though that's not at all the reality. I think at 12, I just was like, oh, I wasn't aware that was a thing, Mm. I guess. You know, and I, I actually come up against this point a lot when I, when I'm investigating things like what's the right amount of sex ed appropriate for each age. And one thing that I come up a lot about is like, this will be a major help in preventing and helping to prevent sexual assault because girls will (sighs) understand that this is appropriate and this is not appropriate. And like, have the know-how to say this isn't appropriate. Yeah. You know? And and boys um, too. I think boys and boys will too, yeah, understand, you know, understand what healthy masculinity means. And yeah. 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 So that's di- that's our deep dive mm-hmm. into our into our past. Jesus Christ, yeah. Should we segue <sighs> into our future? Yeah, let's do that. Um do you want to read me a chapter of a book? I would, I would love to. It's like you could read my mind. Okay, we've got a we got a little idea here. Um, there's a book that Bridie has talked about on the podcast uh, a number of times in the past, and uh, her partner Todd has read this book and has uh, him and I have talked about it at length. Um, and it's a book that I've been wanting to read, and I uh, haven't gotten around to it. But now I'm going to put my foot down. I'm going to read a goddamn book this year and fucking finish it like I said I would back in January. Um, And uh, the book is called The Way of the Superior Man by David Data. And um, uh, we're going to, what we're going to do is Bridie and I are going to read this book together. And we're inviting you to read the book with us. So a little unofficial, official, turn me on podcast, book club. Yeah. And this is, uh, yeah, I love it. I love it. Read along with us. Um, I flipped through a few of these pages when Todd was reading it and I was like, yeah, well, yeah, whatever. Um, but this, the David data's work, um, has to do with the polarity of the feminine and masculine. Mm -hmm. Um, and this is something that I have way more questions about than answers to, but this is sort of one of the most um, this is one of the most like common texts that people who are educators on the subject of polarity and studiers of the subject of polarity, um, that they read. And, um, you know, there, there is a, this is a newer, um, uh, publication. So it has a, mm. a foreword in it by, uh, a preface, an introduction, I think, um, by the writer, just kind of talking about the time that were at the time that he wrote this. And we we know we do things a little bit differently with language here. Um, but just so we don't get caught up on that, the idea that we all, we all contain aspects of the masculine and the feminine, um, has nothing to do with gender. So, um, so part one, um, so, so this book, uh, the way of the superior man is from the masculine addressed to the masculine from the masculine addressed to the masculine. Yeah. All right. All right. The masculine speaking to the masculine. Got it. That's, and right. that's the, that's the, that's the entirety of the book or like the, 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 the that's the entirety of this okay, book. So this is about, this is like masculine energy and masculine speaking to masculine. Exactly. Got it. Cool. And so what you're going to do right now is you're going to read the first chapter to me. Yep. All right. <clears throat> Um, and the first chapter, well, actually it's the first chapter of part one and part one is called a man's way. Okay. And And this is, uh, what's the estimated read time on this? I'm I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Okay. Fuck off. Uh, all right. Chapter one. Ready? I'm ready. Yep. Stop hoping for a completion of anything in life. Should I, I kind of want to read, I kind of want to replace like man and men with the masculine just so that it can be, so we can hear it a little better. Okay. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Okay. Most masculine make the error of thinking that one day it will be done. They think if I can work enough, then one day I could rest. Or 
one day my feminine will understand something. My feminine partner will understand something and then they will stop complaining. Or I'm only doing this now so that one day I can do what I really want with my life. The masculine error is to think that eventually things will be different in some fundamental way. They won't. It never ends. As long as life continues, the creative challenge is to tussle, play, and make love with the present moment while you're, while giving your unique gift. Okay. It's never going to be over. So stop waiting for the good stuff. As of now, Spend a minimum of one hour a day doing whatever you are waiting to do until your finances are more secure or until the children have grown and left home or until you have finished your obligations and you feel free to do what you really want to do. Don't wait any longer. Don't believe in the myth of one day when everything will be different. Do what you love to do, what you are waiting to do, what you've been born to do now. Spend at least one hour a day doing whatever you simply love to do, whatever you deeply feel you need to do in your heart, in spite of the daily duties that seem to constrain you. However, be forewarned, you may discover that you don't or can't do it, that in fact your fantasy of your future life is simply a fantasy. Most postponements are excuses for a lack of creative discipline. Limited money and family obligations have never stopped a masculine who really wanted to do something, although they provide excuses for a masculine who is not really up to the creative challenge in the first place. Find out today whether you are willing to do what it takes to give your gift fully. As a first step, spend at least an hour today giving your fullest gift, whatever that is for today, so that when you go to sleep at night, you know you couldn't have lived your day with more courage creativity, and giving. In addition to the myth that one day your life will be fundamentally different, you may believe and hope that one day your feminine partner will be fundamentally different. Don't wait. Assume they're going to be however they are forever. If their behavior or mood is truly intolerable to you, you should leave and don't look back since you cannot change her, it, them. However... (laughs) If you find their behavior or mood is merely distasteful or a hassle, realize that they will always seem this way. The feminine always seems chaotic and complicated from the perspective of the masculine. The next time you notice yourself trying to fix your feminine partner so that they will no longer fill in the blank, relax and give them love by touching them and telling them that you love them when they are this way, whatever you filled in the blank with. Embrace them or wrestle with them, or scream and yell for the heck of it, but make no Mm. effort to bring an end to that which pisses you off. Mm. Practice love instead of trying to bring an end to the quality that bothers you. You can't escape the tussle with the feminine. Learn to find humor in the unending emotional drama the feminine seems to enjoy so much. The love that you magnify may realign their behavior, but your effort to fix them and your frustration never will. Mm. The world and your feminine partner will always be present. Oh, the world and your feminine partner will always present you with unforeseen challenges. You are either living fully, giving your gift in the midst of those challenges, even today, or you are waiting for an imaginary future, which will never come. The masculine who have lived significant lives are masculines who never waited, not for money, security, ease, or the feminine. Feel what you want to give most as a gift to your feminine and to the world and do what you can to give it today. Every moment waited is a moment wasted and each wasted moment degrades your clarity of purpose. Damn, dog. What do you think? I like that. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, I'm into that. I think uh, I think I'll read this book. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, because like you know, a lot of what's been, a lot of what was said there are things that I'm like, I just naturally happen to be thinking about a lot right now. So, yeah, yeah, I think this is uh, it's good timing to to kind of go into this and read this. I, I think it's really interesting. So I'm reading this. Uh, uh, you it's going to be fucking some, really interesting. to. Re- sorry. I, I also was just thinking it's going to be really interesting to read this whilst 
whilst going to therapy. You know, I mm-hmm. think uh, that's also going to be kind of a big, a big thing. Sorry. Anyway. And journaling. And journaling whatever I want. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I, you know, I've been caught up in this um, cycle of, of, you know, whatever the fuck. The, I have no clarity of my purpose. That's how I feel. Right. And, um, and so reading that, you know, it, it, as we get into more of what polarity is and, and what the masculine is and what the feminine is and what their roles are sort of inside mm. of us, um, <clears throat> I think that, I think that what I think my masculine is, is, is hearing this and interpreting this as well. And, mm. you know, the feminine is, well, I'm not gonna, but I, what I'm interpreting is, is the feminine is like this creative side of me that you know, wakes up every morning in my, in, and comes into my home office and literally is like, I could do so many different things today. I could mm-hmm. do yoga. I could mm-hmm. meditate. I could write. I could work. I could, mm-hmm. I could do anything. And then at the end of the day, um, it just feel like defeated. Like I didn't get done didn't the things that do, I wanted to do. Yeah. And, um, and I think one of the key phrases that I I really want to ask Kendra about because is, um, this idea of the masculine container where the masculine, something else I read too, is like your meditation practice and your, and your yoga practice is, is a, is a masculine practice. The the practice of like containment and discipline and Mm. those are sort of masculine containers for, chaotic and the feminine and the creative and and uh yeah so i think i i i I hear that i'm like i gotta create a fucking container for myself i gotta write a at least a schedule for my fucking Mm. day Mm -hmm. yeah well uh like we said we're gonna be reading this book and uh and prop and which also means we'll probably be talking about a lot of the content that we come across in this book or in the very least the content that we're reading will will likely inform a lot of what our our a lot of what we kind of dive into just naturally on our <clears throat> on our host episodes and on our um, foreplays. So, if you want to read along again, the book is called uh, "The Way of the Superior Man" by David Data. Um, also, just you know, like Bridie said earlier, it's not about men and women, uh, although. It's written it's that way. It's <laughs> probably very easy to to yeah to to like fall into that, but like it's it's um, if you want to look up David Data and like what his shit is about, it's it's not uh, it's not so binary. Um, it's not meant to be so binary, mm. and he addresses that. Um, <clears throat> so cool, uh, cool folks. Well, this is Wait. oh, all right. We have some. Thank yous to give. Ooh, okay. All right. Hey, we got so, a bunch of we got a bunch of new patrons the last like couple, the last like little bit. It's kind of fun. Yeah, we did. Welcome to the welcome we to have. the crew, folks. Welcome to the welcome to the show. Welcome to the sexy club. And, welcome um, to Flavor Town. This is not a town that I I helped name. Um, okay, so so big thank yous. Uh, from us to you, Kirill and Lydia. We I actually may have already said thank you on air to you, but I just didn't mark it that I did. So thanks again and uh, to both of you. And Kirsten and Grace and Ashley, thank you. And Lori and Colton and Freder- Frederic. I actually feel like I've said some of these names already before too, because Frederick sounds really familiar. Frederic. And Kylie and Julie and Beth, Carrie and Rick and twenty uh, four twenty Jess and Kelly. You are uh, you are all cordially invited, more than cordially invited to our next um, orgy. Um, so nice. thank you so much for <laughs> for that's not actually a benefit on our Patreon, but um, you know. Maybe coming soon. Uh, stick with us, friends. You Maybe never know. Be some sexy times in the future. We did have a very sexy time with a with a patron recently. I mean, a sexy breakfast. We had a we had a great <laughs> hangout with uh with one of our one of our patrons the other day, um, and that was so fucking sweet. Thanks for you know who you are. I won't say your name, but 
Um, thanks for that. And for those of you who happen to be traveling in, around, or near us, um, but only from within the Atlantic bubble, hit us up. Maybe we uh, we can have some breakfast sometime. Yeah, that's not technically a part of uh, our Patreon, but, um, you know, it, it never hurts to try to to say hi and see if we want to link up. <laughs> if you're if you're really special, we will we'll say yes. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> uh, I, I just you know I just I want to cover our asses there. I don't want you just giving that out, <laughs> that making people think that just anyone stick can, with us. Stick with yeah, us. Yeah, you never know. That's true. You, you stick with know. us. You never know. Yeah. Yeah. If you're a total if you're a total psychopath, um, maybe just uh, maybe just don't uh, maybe just you know keep loving us from a distance. <laughs> Um, but if you're, if you're cool and, uh, and not a psychopath, we will, we will gladly have breakfast with you. (laughs) We might even become your real friend. Um, all right. This is really fun. Love you all so much for listening. Thank you. Love you for listening. And thank you for listening. Love you long uh, time. Those of you who are joining us on Patreon, I'm just going to give you a little bonus glimpse of my, oh, where is she? (laughs) Oh, sweet little thing. Again, if you want to see Rose, you can see her snuggled up on a couch on a little chair uh, at patreon.com slash turning up. That's her chair. Hey, by the way, uh, if you want to have your butt featured on our Instagram at turn me on podcast, um, we have we have hundreds and hundreds of butts in a in a in a folder slowly trying to get to them once a week. And um Sad to say, our Instagram may not exist for very much longer. So, um, why do you say that? Oh, we're just getting flagged left, right, and center, uh, and they basically have threatened to take us down for good. So, uh, if you want to get your butt up there, <clears throat> you can send your <laughs> your submissions in, and we'll try to get it out in time before um, before Mr. Zuckerberg puts a the kibosh to the booty. Um, because Instagram doesn't like butts, nipples, cleavage, uh, uh, body parts in general. Body parts in general. Um, that you know, you'll uh, you definitely won't be seeing many taints on there. <laughs> um, it's just just a fucking travesty, really. Although so. we could start that Instagram, uh, just a bunch of taints and. You'd never know. You could just say it's the inside of your elbow or something. Yeah, yeah. You could say it's yeah, it's an armpit. Taints are pretty hairy, I think, but yeah, an armpit then. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> anyway, uh, at Termion on Podcast on Instagram, um, <laughs> and if you want to uh, reach out to leave us a, a message or write a us rant, or a rant uh, or a brain boner, any of the any of those things, Termion Podcast at Gmail dot com goes right. Or to just go over to. A, yeah, you could do that at our at our website as well. Uh, yeah, yeah. Slash um, and uh, and and if there's you liked what you heard on David Data's book uh, and you want to get a copy, for sure jump on that and uh, s- send us your thoughts on what you're reading so we can share them as part of our discussion. All right, that's I it for this week. That's yeah, it is. I think so. Until next week, go fuck yourself. <laughs> that's your line now. That's my line now. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.